Oh, yeah. TGIF Let's Go Neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling, what you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Welcome back to By the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, I'd like to wish all of you a happy Easter, even though when you listen to this, it won't be Easter because today is Easter. While I'm recording, it's Easter. It's uh, almost seven in the morning. This is a. Uh, by the book, uh, early, it's not pre-dawn, it's, it's dawn, the sun is rising uh, from the east, as the sun is often wont to do, um, and I'm glad to be with you here for episode 16 of season 2, which means, ladies and jelly spoons, it is the final episode of round 1 of the Tag Team Tournament of nerdiness. I couldn't be more excited to be here with you, especially because we have the right number of teams, which means I haven't made any major mistakes. Uh, we did we did run into a little one, but I am so delighted with how it turned out. I'm not, I'm not going to even call it a mistake. It was just, it was meant to be fate intervened and said, nay, nay. You need to end this episode with a hot tag triple threat to determine which of the uh, people who lost in round one deserve the chance to uh, progress, hopefully, to round two. And so that is where we are at today, my friends. Um, So, with that being said, again... Happiest of holidays to you. I hope your spring um, has gone well. I hope you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Um, I hope you choose to be vaccinated if you are eligible and able to be vaccinated. I hope that you do. So, with that being said, I, let's commence. Let's let's get this show on the road. We have twenty six more randomized teams. We have two more pages of the tournament proper. Uh, And then we'll figure out what in the heck we're going to do in the consolation round. Because I'm still not entirely sure. Uh, We begin page 31 of the Tournament of Nerdiness. The number one ranked team for this page is the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And they are taking on the number 16 seed, the Mean Street Posse. You can be a fan of the Mean Street Posse if you want. I certainly am. I enjoy sweater vests, not wearing them, but, you know, they're certainly a fine look. Joey Abs 
uh, far more talented of a wrestler than I think people give him credit for. He was actually quite good. And I believe uh, the other two, Rodney and Pete Gass, actually friends of Shane McMahon, um, who became, let's call them, uh, competent pro wrestlers. When I don't think that was their intention. And I believe they continued to wrestle after uh, the Mean Street Posse had their time in the sun in uh, in the WWF. Uh, but having said that, of course, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, a uh, huge part of wrestling history when they invaded WCW in uh, 96. They were an excellent team. Um, their careers certainly intertwined all the way through, even when they were Razor Ramon and Diesel. Uh, so happy to give them the win in here. Mean Street Posse, we'll see how they fare in the constellations. All right. All of the teams uh, have been redacted. There are two additional hot tags. Glenn just doing a Herculean effort getting all of these amazing hot tags in. Uh, two of his teams are somewhere in here. And then, of course, as I said, we'll get to the uh, hot tag triple threat to determine the last chance contender um, near the end of the episode. So our first team is the team known as Forever Hooligans. Uh, this is, I believe, the team of Alex Kozlov, not Vladimir, and Rocky Romero. I am familiar with this team in that I have heard both Kozlov and Romero talk about it um, while doing commentary. I don't think I have actually seen the team itself. Um, it's April 4th, so I do have a vacation coming up, and then I have a summer. I am pretty sure I am getting myself um, the Ring of Honor VIP Honor Club um, as a birthday present. My birthday is two weeks from today as I sit and record. It'll be past my birthday. You'll have missed the chance um, to send me gifts. You can send them after the fact. I'll certainly enjoy them. Um, but I think I'm going to do that because I believe I will be able to watch every Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Um, and it's it's a lot. It's $120 for the year, which is, I, guess, I suppose, actually, it's not a lot. It's That comes out to $10 a month. So it's the same as WWE Network, um, which I don't pay for. Thank you, patrons. Um, so, and I suppose WWE Network no longer exists as of today, does it? Today's the last day. We now must ride the peacock to wherever the peacock takes us. That's a visual. Either way, I, I don't know much about the Forever Hooligans. I'm sure I would like them, maybe between New Japan. I want to find a way um, to watch New Japan chronologically. I think that would be interesting. But either way, Forever Hooligans is the first team. And they are taking on uh, the first of our hot tags. Let's just get it done right off the bat. Glenn, my friend, take it away. It's the hot tag. Two lads from Down Under came to the UK in 2017 and systematically went about collecting gold wherever they went. They were Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis, collectively known as Aussie Open. In a period up to lockdown, they took the attack titles two times, progress two times, defiant two times, WXW two times, and throwing in for good measure, Rev Pro and Hope titles. It just goes to show how good the bookers think these guys from Oz really are. Is that how they say it in the UK, Oz? 
I don't think we say that. We say Australia. I don't think we have a nickname for it. But either way, thank you, Glenn, for that uh, excellent hot tag. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of treating this as I almost feel like a bit like I'm about to go on a rumspringer. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, um, people who are of the Amish uh, denomination, the Amish faith, uh, when they reach adolescence or their kind of, I guess you would call it college age years, um, supposedly go on what I believe is called a rumspringer. And you take a year and you go out and you actually experience the real world after spending your entire life um, horse and buggies, sort of, I don't want to call it medieval, but a, a non modern civilization. You go out and experience the world for a year. It's called your rumspringa. And then after a year, most of the the people who are Amish uh, return home and go back to that way of life. Um, I'm sure some don't, but I believe that's the case. Uh, And so I feel like in this in this time period where you know, WW Network has merged to Peacock. We're not going to get all of the stuff. All of those quests and things that I had intended to do um, are not going to be available to me uh, for a while. So I sort of feel like I can go out and just experience the rest of the world wrestling-wise. Because when it comes to all of these quests I have, there was so much wrestling I could have watched on the network that... I would have been on my chronological quest moving through 2000 into 2001. That would have been all my time. It would have taken all my time just to continue to catch up. Otherwise, I never would have made it. But now I can look at Ring of Honor and maybe watch some of those pay-per-views. I can potentially look at Progress or I would have uh, purchased Evolve except they're now owned by the WWE Network. So I have to wait for that stuff to be uploaded. So I'm kind of interested to to look and see what other wrestling is out there, both past and or mostly past, but also maybe some present as well. Um, so thank you again to Glenn. I have Aussie Open beating the Forever Hooligans because I don't know. I know more now about Fletcher and Davis uh, based on Glenn's hot tag than I do about Kozlov and Romero. So that says something. All right, moving on. Uh, staying with Glenn and all things British. This is the British Invasion, not another Glenn hot tag, but this is the team of Magnus, a.k.a. the real world champion Nick Aldis, and Doug Williams, who I believe is coming out of retirement and returning to the world of pro wrestling. That's something that's happened relatively recently. I remember this team vaguely, I want to say from TNA, another service that this time I I already pay for and I should watch more of. Um, So, you know, I like this. I like this team. They they sort of reminded me, honestly, a little bit, little bit, kind of of what a modern British Bulldogs would have been. You had Aldis, who was uh, you know, both guys were powerful, um, both guys technically savvy. No, neither of them, I believe, was an aerialist in the way the Dynamite Kid was. But again, two very competent, very tough British wrestlers. Maybe the Bulldog comparison's not great, but that's the one I made in my head just now. British Invasion is taking on uh, a team that could be reunited now in AEW. This is the team of Chris Jericho and Chris Jinn. Um, weird, you know, to, to, to snapshot this time and place, Christian Cage is now in AEW, just had his first match against Kazarian, uh, 
recently. But also Chris Jericho is going to be on the Stone Cold podcast, which is under the WWE umbrella. So is Jericho done with AEW? Is this the beginning of him heading back that way? Should we expect Jericho to return at the 2022 Royal Rumble, let's say? It's interesting to see. Maybe this is just a one-off. Maybe this is just Stone Cold being a maverick and happening to make something happen that wouldn't ordinarily happen. Maybe this is Vince McMahon not really realizing that Chris Jericho is wrestling for the competition. I doubt that, but I don't know. It's a it's an interesting thing to have happen. It kind of makes the speculation parts of your brain run wild. <sighs> so, British Invasion versus Chris Jericho and Christian. This match would be phenomenal. Um, I don't remember much of Chris Jericho and Christian as a tag team. I know it happened. I want to say Trish Stratus was involved in some way, but this is my lost years. I think I saw them have a match at WrestleMania, I believe, against each other, uh, which is how I know about this in the first place. So based on the team name status, based on just my exposure status, I think I got to give the win to the British Invasion. So Jericho and Christian, two uh, bona fide Hall of Famers, losing in the first round. Now, maybe Glenn or Jeremy or Brandon um, would have made a hot tag for them. Brandon, I could see, you know, kind of arguing for these guys if he was watching at that time. Uh, but unfortunately, these teams here that are in this last episode, they're not going to get the second chance because just the way things worked. I wasn't going to record this part, then tell the the gang who had lost and let them hot tag. These guys are just screwed. Jericho and Christian got hosed, but good. All right. Next up, another mixed uh, team that did not have a name, but this one, and again, we're we're, we're going to have a discussion here. Um, this is the team of Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Now, right away, based on the bad guy rule alone, this team should lose. I don't care who the opponents are. The opponent could be a turnbuckle and a, a Singapore cane that nobody is swinging. And they should win because, obviously, Chris Benoit, we, again, we could argue and discuss whether or not he falls into the bad guy rule or the, you know, no, he has to fall into the bad guy rule. He has to. I was going to try to, again, make a case about mental health and how that changes people, but just based on what we know right now, he has to, he has to at least qualify, but... There is no denying this team was very, very good. I was watching them kind of at the tail end. Um, Angle and Benoit were united as heels kind of going against The Rock and, and people of that ilk. So I like the team. I love them more as opponents. But again, it, it's going to depend on who the competition is. If it's a team that we know and is and is of any quality, they're going to have to win just because of the bad guy rule. If it's a team I've never heard of, then I'm going to really have to think about what exactly I'm doing here. So let's look and see. It is the Bushwhackers. Okay, well, all right now. This is not the shepherd, the sheep herders. This is the Bushwhackers. Luke and Butch licking the heads of the fans, which in a COVID world is just the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. Um, but being goofy, I don't mind at all giving them the win over Benoit and Angle. In this case, they have a name. I'm familiar with them. They're obviously, I would consider them 
uh, Hall of Famers, in my mind, if they aren't already. Um, and that sets up a very interesting uh, consolation match. Again, we'll have to deal with the, the repercussions of the bad guy rule, but it's Jericho and Christian versus Benoit and Angle, which I'm sure in some form or fashion happened. Those four guys were all in the company at the same time. So that's a fantastic match, and we'll deal with that when we get to the consolations for page 31, which thankfully isn't a long time. Moving on. DIY. Some very good teams that are waited here till the very end. DIY, Gargano, and Champa. Um, great partners, better enemies, I think, you know, or good friends, better enemies. I feel like there was an in your house with that tagline. But either way, fantastic team. Um, you know, we are days away from WrestleMania right now and WrestleMania weekend. Champa's wrestling for the NXT UK title, which is awesome. Gargano's going to hopefully lose that North American belt. Um, again, I hope to Dexter Loomis, although Bronson Reed would not be bad either. Um, the You know, we're at a point, again, I'm, I'm delving into tangents here, which, which is just fine, but we're at a point right now where what do those two people do? They've been in NXT for so long, and they've fought everybody. So now Champa's wrestling new guys and kind of being that veteran who wrestles and tests the new guys and kind of loses, which is fine. Maybe his career's winding down. Maybe that's why he's growing the hair out. Maybe he knows his career's winding down and he wants to just work with as many of the young guys as possible before he retires. That could entirely be possible. Gargano, I don't know. You know, I wish. We could see them on Raw or SmackDown. It doesn't seem like either of them want to go, and Lord knows there's a million reasons why that's probably a good idea. But we'll go back to DIY, fantastic team, and they are taking on um, Harlem Heat, which on the surface is, again, a fantastic all-time matchup. But this is not Booker T and Stevie Ray. This isn't even Stevie Ray and Big T. This is early Harlem Heat, very early when they were Kane and Cole before um, Glenn Jacobs was Kane. Kane was, I don't remember which one was which, but Kane was one of Harlem Heat. I think spelled the exact same way too. And then they became Booker T and Stevie Ray. So because this is very early days of Harlem Heat, I see no problem in giving um, DIY the win. I have to just make sure to record that it is early Harlem Heat when I write them down in the constellations. Uh, a team from AEW, again, I think, uh, Cody and Hangman Page. Probably very good. Hangman Page looks a lot like uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow. Not that that means anything. I've, I've been told he's a very good wrestler. I watched him in Ring of Honor. He was fine. I think this was more of his early days, so he probably is a much more polished wrestler. Um, his finishing move makes zero sense, but I believe he was doing like an apron shooting star press, which is always impressive. Cody, very good. Um, I'm a little kind of blah just in terms of how he is in AEW, and that it might be more of him as an executive. I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not filled with love like I was for Stardust. Oh, Stardust. But Cody and Hangman Page, quality team, taking on Air Boom. All right. 
Air Boom, Kofi Kingston, um, Evan Bourne. They have a team name. I will give them that. They have a team name. I don't think I've ever seen them as a team, though. And I know that they won titles. I know that they won tag team titles. Uh, but that might be partially because you know that was the era of the dual brands. And you had lots of people winning tag team titles. I'm looking right now to see if Cody and... Hangman won the tag titles. They didn't. Page one with Omega. So, going by the rules, I suppose technically it is more likely that I saw Air Boom than I saw Cody and Page, just because I don't watch AEW at all. Um, they have a name, and they have won titles. So, I, based on all of the rules we have established below these 15 previous episodes, I have to give the win to... Air Boom. So Air Boom defeats Cody and Page. Again, probably an excellent match and advances to the next round. Uh, oh, this is a good team. Uh, newest member, or one of the newest members of the Hall of Fame, Rob Van Dam, teaming with Sabu. So this is ECW, possibly at its best. RVD and Sabu, fantastic team. Didn't necessarily get along. RV, or Sabu didn't get along with anybody. But quality team, awesome high-flying double-team moves, leaping off the same turnbuckle, uh, great stuff. Taking on, oh, we just talked about him. Uh, Cody Rhodes, not only in, uh, twice in this episode and twice on this page, in consecutive matches. He, he's got a lo he loses to Air Boom. He's got to run backstage, slap the makeup on, because it is, RVD and Sabu versus the team of Gold Dust and Stardust. <sighs> Neither team has a name, so we take that out. I have watched both of them. I gotta go with RVD and Sabu. Though. Like, they were an excellent team. I know they won tag team gold in ECW, at least I am 90% sure. Um, and it is probable that Dustin and Cody, Goldust and Cody Rhodes, not yet Stardust, was the better team. Uh, I liked the Stardust character, but I, I think we can safely say that was not the two of them at their best. So I will give the win to RVD and Sabu, uh, Goldust and Stardust, into the constellations. So it is possible... Slightly unlikely, just in terms of the way these, these brackets are going to work, but it is possible we could get a Cody versus Cody match, which is always fun to have. Uh, the number two ranked team on this page is a team that I'm not super familiar with. Had kind of hoped for a hot tag, but that's okay. We didn't get one, and that's okay. Uh, Nick Bockwinkle and Crippler Ray Stevens. I've watched some Bockwinkle. I've got my spreadsheet that I made with all the YouTube links. I've watched some 70, late 70s and now into 1980 um, wrestling. I've seen Nick Bockwinkle a couple of times. He's very good. Don't get me wrong. He's very good. I just don't know much about this team. I know they were managed by Bobby Heenan, pretty sure. But I don't know much about this team. And they are too. And they are taking on my, oh my, oh, the temptation is real 
to stop recording right now and not start recording again until Jeremy weighed in. Because Bockwinkle and Stevens is taking on the tag team of Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. Now, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper teamed together in the WWE in the late 2000s. But I don't think that's what we're talking about. This is 80s. This is Mid-South 80s Flair and Piper. <sighs> in order to just keep swimming... I don't can't guarantee that Jeremy's awake at 7:14 on a Easter morning, so I don't want to disturb him. Um, again, this would it, in a perfect world, I'd be able to call him right now, wake him up out of a slumber, and just you know force him to choose. I uh, I don't know what he would choose. I they don't have team names. Um, I'm not familiar with either of them as a team. So, again, I'm turning to my computer here. Yeah, Ric Flair and Roddy Piper wrestled the Spirit Squad at Cyber Sunday. Don't think that's what we're talking about. Um, I'm not sure if Flair and Piper were, like, champions. Let's see. Uh, Roddy Piper won with Ed Wiskoski. I know who that is. Um, he won tag team titles with Rick Martel one time. Uh, Crusher Verdue, Keith Franks, Pac Chu, Ron Bass, The Hangman, Killer Tim Brooks, Mike Popovich, no relation to Greg, I'm assuming. Um, he did win in WWE. He did win the tag team titles with Ric Flair, which is ridiculous that that happened. Um, let me turn my attention now to Nick Bockwinkle and look at his championships. Three-time AWA tag champions, one-time NWA Florida tag champions. Okay. Uh, tag team of the year in 1973. All right. So I think even though um, we could get some, you know, get some feedback here, maybe Jeremy will weigh in and, and argue this. I think just on accomplishments and the fact that they are a known tag team, Flair and Piper, obviously friends, not necessarily a known tag team. I think we give the win to uh, Bockwinkle and Stevens, Flair and Piper, into the constellations where I'm sure they will do well, although they're taking on gold dust and stardust. So who knows how I'm feeling when we get there, the round two matchups for page 31, the outsiders versus Aussie open. Probably good. British invasion versus the bushwhackers DIY versus air boom. That match would be great. And RVD and Sabu versus Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens. Fantastic matchups. On page two, I just turned on Twitter because I was looking to see if Jeremy had been up and sending messages in our bestie chat. Somebody said, "Best guest get off wrestling Twitter for the day." I wonder what's going on. Closing that because we have things to do. Uh, page thirty-two. The number one seed is Beer Money. James Storm just wrestled his a thousandth match. Had a little reunion with. Um, Chris Harris in America's Most Wanted, which was a very cute moment if you watched early TNA. Oh, Chris Harris, you might want to consider a different hairstyle because you're losing that hair up top. And again, I had such high hopes for you, Chris Harris. Uh, the number 16 team, uh, apologies to any juggalos I have listening. It's uh, ICP, Shaggy Two Dope and Violent J. And yes, I am proud of myself for knowing that. 
partially because I watched them wrestle in the 90s and partially because um, one of my favorite podcasts, All Fantasy Everything, which if you're not listening to, you need to. Um, one of the hosts of that show, Sean Jordan, is a massive uh, Insane Clown Posse fan, and so they are referenced almost every episode. But either way, Beer Money wins. I don't think we need to say anything about that. Beer Money, James Storm, and Robert Roode defeats ICP, makes it to the next round. Oh, my goodness. Did this... Uh, in our second match on page 31, Glenn had a hot tag. On our second match on page 32, Glenn has a hot tag. Glenn, what the heck is a Sumerian death squad? Traveling throughout Europe, the Sumerian death squad were a couple of no-nonsense, hard-hitting mercenaries comprising of Michael Dante and Tommy End. I wonder what happened to him. They were on call to any booker that had problems with their tag divisions. Finally, in 2015, they landed in Progress, where they took tag team gold, defending it four times before losing to the London Riots. Dante went back to singles wrestling after that, and a while later, Tommy End just vanished. Now, Glenn, that's not true. He didn't vanish. I think he took on Neville at the UK uh, Championships. <sighs> Yeah, I, I understand. A lot of people unhappy with uh, what's going on with Mr. Alistair Black. Um, I like that they were kind of mercenaries open to the highest bidder. I want to watch them wrestle Chronic now, the Sumerian Death Squad, because I feel like that is kind of it. Or the APA, for that matter. Different versions of mercenaries, but I kind of like that idea. So, Glenn, again... Um, Special shout out to Glenn. I, I love Jeremy and Brandon, and they've sent me amazing hot tags, and this, this show would not have been possible without them. But Glenn sent me like a dozen, if not more. Um, and I think he would have sent more had he not, you know, had to go to hospital for a while in the middle of our recording. So thank you again to Glenn. The Sumerian Death Squad is taking on... Hold on. The Brain Busters. Ah, I know what's going on here. Okay. So the Brain Busters are Arn and Tully. We know that. Arn and Tully, the NWA version, the Four Horsemen version, got a number one seed. This is solely the WWF version that was briefly around in late 80, 88, 89, I want to say. Um when Arn and Tully went to the WWF briefly and then returned back to WCW, NWA. Um, there, it, it's telling how good Arn and Tully are that even that brief period, which again, they were a fantastic tag team, but they were not the Horsemen. They were just part of the Heenan family, which is not the Horsemen. Um, but I'm debating, but I will give it Again, Glenn sold it so well that I will give the win um, to the Sumerian Death Squad. I think it would be fun. I don't know Michael Dante, but it would be fun to watch Alistair Black, a.k.a. Tommy End, um, wrestle Arn Anderson. And it's also going to be real fun to watch Arn and Tully as the Brain Busters take on the Insane Clown Posse in the Constellations. All right. We're moving rapidly along here. The Von Erichs. This is the recent Von Erichs. 
This is the MLW Marshall and Rob, sons of Kevin Von Erich. Um, which would make them siblings to Lacey Von Erich, I think. Remember Lacey Von Erich? And our TNA. Um, but it's occurring to me now, this has nothing to do with anything, but it's occurring to me now that if I get the Ring of Honor VIP subscription, I could potentially watch Ring of Honor and TNA concurrently because they both started at around the same time. That would be fun. Anyways, um, the Von Erics, I, I watched MLW only up to a certain point, yet another promotion I should continue to catch up on. Um, they had just started. They had only been in MLW for a couple of weeks, but they were good. Don't get me wrong. They were good. You know, two big, strong um, Southern boys uh, that were quite talented. So this is the MLW. Make sure to record that. Von Erichs. And they are taking on. Oh, oh, this hurts. Oh, it actually doesn't hurt. It just hurts how good this makes me feel. Uh, the Masters of the Power Bomb. Sid and Vader were a team in the NWA, WCW, uh, early on, and they were called the Masters of the Power Bomb. <sighs> they shouldn't beat the Von Eriks. The Von Eriks are, I'm guessing, multi-time MLW Tag Champions. They're a very quality team. They could wind up in AEW. Or the WWE at some point, they have that level of talent. Uh, the Masters of the Power Bomb did not exist very long, but they're called the Masters of the Power Bomb. I'll give the win to the Von Eriks, but it doesn't make me happy. But not everything in this tournament is going to make me happy. Some things are going to just not be. It'd be like, you know, Edge and Roman teaming up and calling themselves the the Spear Stallions or the, the Spearheads or the Spear Guys. I don't know. Masters of the Power Bomb was great. Either way, Von Erichs get the win. That is probably the right choice. Um, Imperium. Now, we had Ringkampf appear. Let me just double check because, again, Seems like some of these teams have shown up multiple times, but nope, they haven't. Uh, we saw Ringkampf. This is Imperium. This is the WWE version. This is Marcel Bartel, who reminds me so much of uh, Lord Steven Regal. Just fills me with joy every time I see him. And Fabian Eichner, who is ridiculously talented. Like, I watched him in the Cruiserweight Classic, and I was like, yeah, he's good, but he is really good. Uh, so I like Imperium a lot. And they are taking on... <laughs> Uh, this is a team from, again, I want to say it is uh, Impact. Uh, Fala Ball, who is probably a wrestler that I would like quite a bit if I got to see more of him. Uh, and TJP, who, you know, is just one of the worst. Although, Austin Aries continues to set the bar for what the worst is. And so maybe TJP is not that bad. Like, he's not Austin Aries level bad. Anyways, uh, yeah, Imperium gets the win. Setting up, uh, I'm not going to tell you about it right now, 
because that's not how we do things, but setting up a fantastic second round matchup. Um, plus, now I get to watch. I got to watch the Brain Busters beat up ICP, and I'm going to watch Sid and Vader take turns power bombing TJP through the mat, literally through the mat, and not a gimmicked mat. They're going to break the mat and the boards and just send him like into the ground with power bombs, because that's how I wanted to see it. Uh, the Harris brothers, they've been in multiple iterations. None of them great. This might be the best one, actually. Uh, this is when they were Skulls and 8-Ball in DOA. I liked the Stable Warfare. This is probably where I fell in love with Stable Warfare. Bikers versus uh, Black Panthers versus uh, Bariquas. Um, you know, that was fun for me as a kid watching that. Um, you know, between this and the Heenan family, I think that's kind of where my, my love of stables came. The Harris brothers are taking on the Basham brothers. We have brothers versus brothers, even though one of the brothers is not actually brothers. Um, Doug and Danny Basham, I remember reading a Pro Wrestling Illustrated, probably, you know, 2001, 2002, and seeing uh, the machine who was Doug Basham in this black leather hood that was a little creepy, but he had this ridiculous, like, submission hold on a guy, and it just looked ridiculous. Um, and then Danny was Damaja, Demeja. I don't know how you pronounced it, but either way. Uh, they were good. I liked the Bashams. You know, this was the beginning of my lost years, but they were part of the cabinet, JBL's cabinet at one point. Um, this would be an excellent match, and I'm giving the win to, to the Basham brothers. I'm, I'm all in on the Bashams. The Bashams were good. All right. Winding on down the dusty road. Here we go. Next up. Uh, again, I, it would have made things harder, and I would have had to figure things out more. I kind of wish I had just taken all of the New Japan teams out because I just don't know enough about them. Um, and I really do feel, honestly, like I am doing um, New Japan a disservice. I, I would, Maybe at some point I will just watch all of New Japan. I'll just put it directly into my brain and I'll be able to come back and do a, a what did we used to call it? What did we call it when we were doing the list and every so often we'd have to go and fix it? Oh, it's going to bother me. It's going to bother me so much i got to look it up because we have a folder in the DDT email for these emails. So now i got to get to that. Just killing time, wasting your precious time here while I look up. It wasn't retribution, but it was something like retribution. Um, hey, Glenn's email came through that I didn't get. He had to send me a screenshot of. Uh, reconciliation. That's what it was. Um I, will, I might have to go through and do a reconciliation of this later. I've actually considered doing that with the singles tournament, even though it's only been a year, if not less. Um, I have considered going through and seeing if I would make any changes. Um, but Makabe and Yano, uh, you know how I feel about Yano. But again, don't know much about this team. And they are taking on the Bolsheviks. <sighs> Volkov and Boris Zukov, who wasn't. Russian at all. I feel lied to. I'm going to do something weird. I'm going to violate all of my rules. Um, because I the Bolsheviks have a name. 
Maccabe and Yano do not. They were probably part of chaos or whatever. I have seen more Bolshevik matches than I have seen Maccabe and Yano matches. And yet I don't want to vote for the Bolsheviks. I don't want them. Like, it's not that they were bad. They just weren't great. And I don't want them to advance. I want Toru Yano to advance. I love Toru Yano. So Yano and Maccabe are winning. I have spoken. Uh, they are winning. And maybe it's because we're at the end where we've got two matches left. I've got a triple threat coming up. Maybe I'm just like, you know what? I got to do something for me. Something for me. And, and right now that's Yano and Makabe. So there you go. Wish it was Yano and Ishii. But it's not. And I'm not going to go back and fix it. All right. This is the last redacted match. So again, I want to just pat myself on the back. Do the old Barry Horowitz. And pat myself on the back because with very minor little mistakes, uh, I was able to do a whole redacted, randomized tournament. And it came out, to quote GQ, pretty good. Uh, This team is pretty good. This team was actually very good and should have done better. This is the team of Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Um, a moment to comment on the Hurt Business. I don't watch uh, current weekly wrestling, but the Hurt Business was very good. And the fact that they may or may not have broken up, because I'm still not entirely sure that this was legit. Um, supposedly, Vince wanted to break up the Hurt Business and just have it be Lashley and MVP, get rid of uh, Shelton Benjamin and, Ch- and not Chad Gable. That's the team we're going to be talking about, Cedric Alexander. Um, there was a lot of protests. There were meetings. Vince dug his heels in. He owns the company. He can do that. Um, Shelton and Cedric have taken to Twitter to express their displeasure. This is 84% real. The likelihood is this is 84% real. Um, It is Vince being out of touch or whatever you want to say. Maybe Vince doesn't want this guy to be a stable. Maybe he just wants him to be a legit monster like Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar didn't have no lackeys. Maybe that's what he's going for. I don't know. But either way, I'm still hoping this is a work and that eventually Cedric and Shelton will return and, you know, help out. Um, But it stinks. Like, they were doing something. The tag team titles. I don't even know if the tag team titles are going to be defended. The, The SmackDown tag belts are being defended on the SmackDown before WrestleMania. You have two nights of WrestleMania. You can't find a way to defend the tag team belts. I bet. Uh, the Raw tag team titles will be defended on the Raw after Mania. So, if this is true, and I'm Shelton Benjamin, or I'm Cedric Alexander, I'm probably thinking I should, maybe it's time for me to go. Cedric especially. Like, this is his finally his first big break. He becomes a tag team champion. He gets out of the cruiserweight division. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's time they think about what their careers could be outside of this. Shelton could go back to New Japan. Shelton could go to AEW. Cedric could go anywhere. He's that talented. Just my two cents. Uh, Gable and Benjamin were a very good team. It was a little weird that we replaced Jason Jordan with Shelton Benjamin. They didn't call themselves American Alpha, but it was a little weird that that's what we did. But either way, quality team. Taking on the Super Destroyers. 
Uh, Scott and Bill Irwin. I know this team, although I want to call it they were the Wild Bunch. I know the Irwin brothers as a team. Um, very good. Bill Irwin would go on to become the goon. Uh, but, yeah, we'll give the win to... Um, sorry, I'm trying to write. We'll give the win to Gable and Benjamin. Super Destroyers into the second round. All right. It's the last match. There's one team left. I don't know who it is, which is which is going to make this extra hilarious because this could be a ridiculously good tech team. And then after we do that, after we find out what team this is, you're going to hear from Glenn and Jeremy and Brandon one right after the other. I'm not going to even talk in between. It's just going to go boom, boom, boom. Glenn's got a team. Jeremy's got a team. Brandon's got a team. We're going to hear from all three, and then I'm going to decide which one of those teams gets the last spot on the tournament, and then we'll wrestle whatever team this is. So if this team is ridiculously good, like I'm talking, you know, we had the Brain Busters who showed up, the Masters of the Powerbomb, I'm like, this team could be excellent. Excellent to the point where they defeat whomever Glenn or Jeremy or Brandon uh, brings up. So that's the excitement here. So without any further ado, I've already made plenty of ado about it. The team is what Hall of Fame potential team is it? It is Okada and Osprey. Okay, well, I'm sorry that I, I made it sound like this was going to be exciting. Um, Okada, no doubt exciting. Uh, we all know he is a fantastic wrestler. Um, and Will Ospreay stinks. So I can already go ahead and put Okada and Osprey into the constellations. Because what's going to happen is they're going to lose, no doubt, to whoever I pick. Um <laughs> Sorry, just whacked the microphone. Um, so here's what's going to happen. There's three teams, as I said. One of them will take this spot, and I will go back and find them in the constellations and eliminate them. They'll be out of there. The other two who I don't choose will stay in the constellations. Um, so they're still alive in the constellation round, uh, but they just won't make it back into the tournament proper. I think we're all set here. Uh, who shall I start with? Uh, we've heard from Glenn enough. Let's let's let the man Jeremy have his piece, if only because Jeremy's constellations always come with some ring introductions, which is always a nice feature. Jeremy, who do you got for me? Packets of hair, no doubt. Packets of hair. Now look at this. Dumb David Manning Von Eric, the Texas referee. On the sportatorium. Big Mouth Brian Adias. And what are we here? Scum Scott Casey. <laughs> Come on, Bun Eric. Come on, Bun Eric. Why don't you accept the hair mat? Why don't you accept the hair mat? Do we have to cut other people's hair? Do we? We're not shy. We're not shy. We'll continue doing it. But what I want to talk about, you know, is Labor Day. Being treated like an animal. And you know very well, Marcus, I don't look like any animal, do I? Answer my question. I ask you a question, Marcus. Of course not. Of course not. Look at this. Let me tell you what. I'm so intimidated by being put in a cage that let me tell you, Kevin Von Eric, 
You never owned a suit like this in your life, you hillbilly. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna wear my nicest suit. Why? Why? Because I know you're gonna beat him, and when you get through beating him, I'm gonna have the cage come down from the top of Tarrant County, and when it comes down, I've got something for you. It may be this, and it may be that right there, Kevin Byer. Because it's not gonna work, is it? Because it's not gonna work. Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez, otherwise known as the Dynamic Duo, were by far the most hated tag team in the world-class territory in the mid-80s. Their matches with the Von Erichs were often out of control and on the verge of creating riots in every arena in which they did battle. Adams and Hernandez were known for cutting the hair off of fallen opponents with a large pair of golden scissors. They amassed many trophies all across the state of Texas, but the prized locks of Kevin and Kerry Von Erich eluded them. A match was eventually signed, pitting the heels and heroes in a winner-take-all hair match. It is worth your time to find and watch this match just to get a sense of how beloved the Von Erichs were and how equally hated were Adams and Hernandez. Hernandez and Adams weren't a team for very long, but they did manage to hold the American Tag Team Championship on a few occasions. The amount of heat these two drew in such a short time was astounding. It has to be seen to be believed. They burned so bright so quickly that self-destruction was the only possible outcome. Adams and Hernandez took a loss in the opening round of the Corona Cup, but have their golden scissors sharpened, ready to collect a string of trophies as they stormed through the consolation rounds. Really? 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 The Miz is going to be jobbed again and again and again? It's time to unbury the Miz and push him all the way to the top. Tag teams can be formed because of several different reasons. Sometimes the tag team is made up of literal brothers or family members. Sometimes wrestlers are such good friends, it's almost as if they were brothers. Sometimes it's just two middling performers looking for a spark to their careers. But one time, once, something great happened. The A-lister, The Miz, teamed up with his stunt double, Damian Mizdow. Why were The Miz and Mizdow so great? Clearly they had talent, The Miz being a former WWE champion and Mizdow a former Money in the Bank holder, but it was the sheer comedy gold that made this team so, so great. Mizdow made sure he took his job as a stunt double serious, mimicking The Miz during their tag team matches. Though the antics were pure comedy gold, they were also effective as Mizdow would often distract their opponents, allowing The Miz to regain control of the match and eventually win. Need accolades? Sure. The Miz and Mizdow did win Tag Team Gold and, during their time as a team, Mizdow won a Slammy for the LOL Moment of the Year. The Miz and Mizdow deserve a second chance. You're welcome. Brian Malonis and the Beer City Bruiser are just going to be too strong and powerful for the Southern Boys with Brian one of the most agile 300-pound pluses around and the bruiser showing why he got his name. They are just going to be too much for Tracy and Steve, those good old Southern boys, to handle. Once again, thank you to Glenn, and thank you to Jeremy, and thank you to Brandon Banks for sending in, throughout the first round, some excellent audio and some excellent uh commentary and thoughts on these tag teams we have two people here who made the case for why their 
tag teams should advance beyond the constellation rounds in terms of their opponents, which is perfectly fine. We might have to go back to Glenn's when we get to the bouncers and the Southern Boys tag team. But one person, Brandon Banks, he knows how he knows how to talk to his audience. And that's always something that's important to know your audience. Um, he talked about the comedy gold. He talked about the wrestle silly. He gave me some accolades, although the fact that you think a slammy is important is kind of telling. Brandon, sorry, love you, but yeah, slammy. Slammy's ended with Owen Hart. You know that. Slammy's ended with Owen Hart. Uh, but either way, um, we will give the Miz and Miz Dow, who truly I did believe uh, did get the Miz did get hosed this entire season and last season. Um, so we'll give the Miz and Miz Dow a second chance here. Uh, they will defeat Okada and Osprey, and they are still alive. So I will have to remember to go back through. Don't want you to just listen to me flipping pages. I'm hoping I can just find it quick, but that's okay. I'll go back through them. We'll make sure we know to take them out when we get to them. Uh, here are your page 32 second round matchups. These are the final second round matchups that we'll talk about until we get into the second round itself. Beer Money versus the Sumerian Death Squad. The Von Eriks, the MLW version versus Imperium. Probably an amazing match. The Basham Brothers versus Makabe and Toru Yano. And the match I'm most looking forward to, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin versus The Miz and Damian Mizdow. I have closed the notebook. It hasn't been closed in many, many weeks as we've gone through here. Um, so what happens next, you may be wondering. Well, we have all of these consolation matches that we need to go through. I'm just kind of flipping through the pages, just looking at all of these teams. We have eight teams on each page who have... Oh, there's Miz and Miz Dow. You cross those guys out. So we'll either come up with a new team to throw in there or um, the Miz and Shane McMahon that was going to be a Miz on Miz matchup. Um, they'll get a bye just because that's the way it is. Um, so we have four constellation matchups per page. We'll have to get those done next, which will then set up our double losers bracket. And it will set the stage because when we do the second round, winners advance, obviously. Losers go into the constellations and they'll take on whoever won their first constellation matchup. A big part of this, this book, this epic tome is done. Um, if these, you know, if like in the Justice League or the Snyder Cut, you know, we broke this up into parts. This is part one. Sixteen chapters gave us part one, probably, you know, 12, 13 hours of content just to get through the first round. And we've still got a long way to go, my friends. Uh, we can take a rest. We can breathe. We can put our feet up for a bit. But then we must press on and get through the rest of these Constellation matchups. Thank you for joining me on this epic ride. My name is DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Thanks once again to Brandon and Glenn and Jeremy at... Oh, what is Brandon Banks' Twitter name? <laughs> Hold on. Everybody just wait a second. At Brandon underscore J underscore Banks. 
if you want to follow him at EPL and NFL if you want to follow Jeremy and at GA Russell Nutt if you want to follow the armbar himself, Glenn Abbott. Uh, thank you. Thank all of you. Thank the world. And of course, thank me. Have yourself a wonderful rest of the day. This chapter, this unit, this book maybe is closed, but there's still more to go. I'll see you the next time we go by the book.